0: Take a look up at the arches of the towers. They're gothic, and it's hard to imagine that the towers could ever have had any other design. But in fact there were several proposed alternatives when the bridge was being planned. One of which would have been a sort of Egyptian style, squared off at the top, and reminiscent of the Croton Reservoir, the great holding tanks for the water in the Croton aqueduct system, which was then located at the corner of 5th Avenue and 42nd Street, where the New York Public Library's main branch now stands. Now, I've mentioned that the towers themselves rise about 276 feet above tide level, but of course, they're much taller than that. They go not only to the bottom of the river, but on the Brooklyn side, all the way to bedrock, and on the Manhattan side, just shy of bedrock. The stone towers rest on wooden caissons. Each caisson is a hollow box that was designed somewhat like a ship's hull without a bottom, then launched into the river and sunk in the location in which the tower was to rise. It was no easy matter to get them to the right place, but it was crucial. Then the caissons were pumped out, and the excavation that would bring them to a level, solid ground began. River bottoms are silty, rocky, and uneven, not good foundations for such a great structure, So from the bottom of these caissons, vast amounts of debris from the river bottom had to be excavated. It was the sinking of the caissons that was the most dangerous and grueling part of the construction of the bridge, and perhaps also the most exciting. The caissons were pumped full of compressed air to keep river water from filling them, resulting in the high-pressure environment that was the cause of the bends when people who were exposed to these pressures returned to the lower-pressure environment at sea level. The environment in the caisson was extremely loud, wet, and unpleasant. Workers entered the caissons through a small chamber into which compressed air was pumped. When the air pressure level in the chamber reached the same level as that of the caisson below, A small trap door in the bottom of the compartment was opened and the workers could walk down via a ladder into the caisson itself. There were other conduits between the outside world and the caisson for the pumping and hauling of debris and to bring the compressed air down into the caisson. Because electric lighting had not yet been introduced, the only means of illuminating the caissons was some sort of lantern with an open flame. The engineers considered but discarded the idea of kerosene lamps for fear of spilling kerosene and starting a fire. But they did use sperm oil candles and calcium or limelights, which provided a very bright light from a compressed gas that burned somewhat cooler than natural gas, which they had also tried, but turned out to make the caissons much too hot. The limelights, of course, used the same technology that was in those days deployed on the stage The need to illuminate the caissons with open flames was, perhaps not surprisingly, the cause of one of the greatest setbacks that took place during the construction. A candle in a wall sconce somehow burned low and set fire to the tar-lined wooden structure of the caisson. The fire was small and smoldering, and it was discovered fairly quickly. The caisson was flooded and the fire was put out. The fire-damaged area was filled with cement But after the cement was put in and had set, Washington Roebling realized that they should have checked to see whether there was charring beyond the extent of the burned out areas. It turned out the charring was extensive, and it took months for the workers to drill out the cement and then excavate the charred areas in a kind of gigantic dental work. It was essential that the caisson itself be as strong as the towers that would have to stand upon it and a foundation of charcoal would not have been stable. As the caissons descended through river mud and toward bedrock, the surface was not always even, and there were many rocks and boulders under the shoe of the caisson along the way. These had to be removed, but many of them were far too large to be removed with manual tools. As a result, workers were also constantly setting off explosions underground in the caisson, blowing up these enormous boulders. You can imagine the environment in the caisson being a kind of health.